Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for July 11th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Man, the beer garden's rocking and rolling. And uh, I am not. I am not. The feel of summer is in the air. The Ferris wheel is going. It looks beautiful behind me. The fire pits are dimly lit and the fire is crackling. But my God, man, my uh, my mood is just shot tonight, man. It really is. It really is. This show is so fucking lifeless, man. I can't even, I can't even begin to explain to you how lifeless this show is. 
legitimately everything about this show is just zero effort. And I said this over the weekend. I feel like with Vince McMahon now solely, quote-unquote, solely worrying about creative, I feel like the show should have been a lot better being that he's got no other fucking priorities because he's under investigation. But I honestly feel like the show has gotten fucking worse. I feel like the show has gotten worse, and I don't even know how that's humanly possible. I don't. Yes, I am looking sleepy. Larry, I am looking sleepy. This show sucks. This show sucks. I, 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 I hate coming on here and being a broken record bit, but, but when the show ends with Dolph Ziggler, I, I don't know what other emotion to express. You know, Dolph Ziggler, and, and we'll talk about Dolph Ziggler a little bit later on in the show, but, you know, I remember vividly how a lot of people were uh, trying to explain to me, oh, it's a good thing that he went down to NXT. It's a great thing that Dolph Ziggler went down to NXT. Yeah, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. NXT is supposed to be about building the future. Meanwhile, you gave Dolph Ziggler the NXT championship to have Braun Breaker chase. He already had won the title. He lost it to Dolph Ziggler because you wanted some fucking excitement on Tuesday night, and you thought by uh, hot-shotting the championship that it would gauge people's interest. Oh, look, a main roster veteran went down and won the NXT championship. And then Braun Breaker beats Dolph Ziggler over WrestleMania weekend. And what happened? Was Braun Breaker better off for it? No. Was Dolph Ziggler better off for it that he won the NXT championship? Was NXT a better show because Dolph Ziggler was the NXT champion? Was Dolph Ziggler resurrected creatively? No. No, he wasn't. So I'm failing to comprehend where all this Dolph Ziggler love is coming from. I think Dolph is great. Don't get me wrong. Dolph is one of the best wrestlers on the entire fucking roster. But Dolph Ziggler's ship has sailed, clowns. That ship is long gone, man. It sailed off into the fucking sunset about 10, 12 years ago. The fuck are we talking about, Dolph Ziggler? He shows up tonight. He gets involved with Austin Theory. And he costs Austin Theory the match where he gets RKO'd by Riddle in a tag team match that included Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. Dolph Ziggler stood tall at the end of the show. What year are we in? What year are we in? I don't get it. I don't really understand it. So we're going to talk about Dolph Ziggler, and we're going to talk about the rest of this show tonight, but that was the big thing that happened on this show, and I have absolutely zero fucks to give about Dolph Ziggler. Brock Lesnar came back. Brock Lesnar came back, and it was nothing new. It was nothing new with Brock Lesnar being back on Monday Night Raw. I mean, Lesnar being back, you would think that Lesnar being back would emit some excitement, and I can't bring myself to care. I can't bring myself to care about uh, anything about Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman or the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. I, I, I can't bring myself to care. I'm sorry. No matter how good 
Paul Heyman was on the microphone on Friday and then again on Monday, I can't bring myself to fucking care. This is the same shit that we've seen for the last nine years, the same shit that we've seen since last SummerSlam with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And where is Roman Reigns? Where is Roman Reigns? Is Roman Reigns allergic to Monday Night Raw? Is he allergic to Monday Night Raw? Man is holding their championship, but refuses to show up on Monday night. I don't understand it. Why give him the championship and then have him not show up on Monday night? Is it a Fox thing? Is it a Roman thing? Is it WWE just creatively fucking lifeless? I I don't know. I don't get it. So Lesnar comes back, same old shit. He's wearing the cowboy hat. He's wearing the flannel. He beats up Otis. He beats up Gable. He talks about fucking farming. He talks about slaughtering animals. He talks about uh, Texas. All these innuendos because they're in San Antonio, Texas tonight. And I'm supposed to be excited about this match when we got this match at WrestleMania and it was one of the worst WrestleMania main events that the company's ever put on. No, but we're doing it again at SummerSlam, but this time it's going to be a last man standing match. I don't care. I don't. I don't give a shit about Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. There's nothing more that I could physically tell you guys on top of what I've already stated here. I don't care. It's almost as if SummerSlam doesn't have a main event. I don't get it. So we'll talk about that. Heyman and Lesnar had an interaction. Austin Theory out there teasing Lesnar that he never forgot about the Elimination Chamber. WWE has this thing where seemingly they're expecting everybody to remember Austin Theory and Brock Lesnar inside the Elimination Chamber, and then they play it up as, oh, look at this. Look, we're actually trying. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Nobody gives a fuck about Austin Theory inside the Elimination Chamber, so... Please don't even bother trying to sell me on that aspect while he goes and tries and cashes in a money in the bank contract. I don't care. I don't really give a shit. Usos and Street Profits, they have been announced for SummerSlam. Tag team title match, rematch at SummerSlam. The thing with this is who is going to be the special guest referee? I don't know. Nor do I care. I don't really give a shit about that either. Street Profits and the Usos had probably one of the best WWE tag team matches of the last decade at Money in the Bank. They're going to run it back again because they don't have any other tag teams on the roster to fill in to challenge the Usos. So they're running it back again, this time with the special guest referee stipulation. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be R-Truth? Is it going to be Omos? Is it going to be Sami Zayn? Is it going to be somebody that isn't even on the roster, a returning superstar? Who is it? Who is it? I don't know. I don't know. But WWE's running it back, and they didn't really do anything to get me excited about running it back, but we're getting that match again at SummerSlam. Carmella and Bianca Belair. That was the other match tonight, other championship match. Tonight, there was uh, only that championship match tonight. There wasn't any other titles on the line. It was supposed to be Austin Theory versus Matt Riddle tonight. I'm not sure uh, what happened to that. But we were supposed to get a Bobby Lashley United States Championship match as well, a United States Open Challenge. But WWE took that away, and they only left us with one championship match. 
And that is Bianca Belair and Carmella. It went 15 minutes. It went 15 minutes tonight, only to end in a countout and end in a way that made Bianca Belair look absolutely fucking foolish. How did they make Bianca Belair look foolish? We'll get into it. And we'll talk about everything regarding Monday Night Raw tonight on Off The Script. Man, yes, I do sound defeated because I don't really want to be here. Point blank, I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk about this show. This show sucks. I don't know how anybody can find any enjoyment in this shit, man. Really. If you find... This is the thing. If you find enjoyment in Monday Night Raw, man, you are a sucker for mediocrity. You don't strive to be better. It's one of those nights, man. It's just one of those nights. Yes, the dumbest is Bianca Belair. Anyway, I'll try and perk up. I'll try and perk up, but uh, I'm not really anticipating it, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and now Cameo. We are an official partner with Cameo. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Everything you need is linked down below in the description. Go check out last night's podcast, man. Last night, we were live for almost three hours. Off the script, 435. Absolute banger. Go check that out. It's available on YouTube on the homepage. It's available on Blue Wire. Spotify, iTunes, and all other major audio platforms. So go check that out. And I appreciate you guys for hanging out with me on your Sunday nights, man. I love it. I love Sunday nights just to cap off a great week right here on OTS. Also, on the homepage, man, there's a a bunch of extras I did. A couple of extras throughout the week to get you guys caught up on the news as it breaks. So go check all that stuff out. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up, man. I see 546 likes on the stream tonight so far. I need 1,000 minimum. Minimum. Not 999. Not 950. 1,000. One and three zeros. Minimum. Super chats are open. You get them on in. We'll hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show. We usually like to have fun during the Super Chat segment, so get them on in, man. You guys can ask anything you want. It is open to you. Also, hit that Join button. Become an OTS VIP right here on Off The Script. The VIP section in the beer garden is right behind me, man, where the fire pits are. Fire pits are crackling. The sweet smell of Thunder's Tacos fill the beer garden air. If you guys want to sit VIP with all of our OTS family, hit that join button, become a channel member. You guys get emotes. You guys get those badges next to your name. And we will be doing quarterly hangouts on YouTube for VIPs only. I will begin to announce that in the weeks to come. So make sure you guys go and do that. Issa is in the chat. What is going on to uh, my very good friend, Issa, the NYC Demon Diva? She is uh, very happy to see Brock Lesnar back. No Roman, though. But she has the only Roman that matters. 
And tonight's show, man, sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and you're going to get free shipping. So make sure you guys hit up Manscaped, man. The, the, the more you hit up Manscaped, the better we all are going to be. The more you hit up Manscaped, the more they want to be a part of the OTS family. So I, I need you guys to go hit up Manscaped, man. They got cologne. They got body wash. They got uh, everything you need to look good and feel good and smell good. Hit them up. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. We'll talk about my good friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. Monday Night Raw started off with Brock Lesnar. Somebody's talking about Dunkaroos in the chat, man. Let me tell you something about Dunkaroos, man. My mom used to pack me fucking Dunkaroos every single time before I went to school, bro. Snack time at St. Benedict's in the Bronx. Dunkaroos. You better fucking believe it, man. My favorite one was the vanilla. I wasn't too big on the chocolate. I'm more a vanilla guy than I am at chocolate. I love dark chocolate, though. But the Dunkaroos vanilla, man, that's where it was at. Even what would they have? They had sprinkles, too. Didn't they have a sprinkle Dunkaroo? I vividly remember that they were sprinkles. I don't know. Dunkaroos, man. If you don't know what a Dunkaroo is, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. That, fruit by the foot. Remember fruit by the foot? Fruit roll-ups. My mom used to buy all that shit, man. All that shit. Anyway. Yes, Dunkaroos are too fucking elite, man. They don't even make Dunkaroos anymore, I don't think. Anyway. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar does not know anything about Dunkaroos. Brock Lesnar makes his way to the ring. And the commentators ran down the rules for a last man standing match. <laughs> you don't know what a last man standing match is. Let me go over the rules again. Because we think our audience is fucking stupid. <laughs> Are they really going over a last man standing rule with me? Seriously? Give me a fucking break. It's the same thing with uh, the Money in the Bank ladder matches, right? They got to go over and give you the visual of everybody sitting atop the ladder. Oh, my goodness. I know how you win a ladder match, you fucking idiots. I don't need people to tell me the rules of a goddamn wrestling match. This is a company that can't even get the fucking basics of tag team wrestling down. They're trying to tell me about a last man standing match. Lesnar's in the ring. Chance of Lesnar in San Antonio. He's got a microphone. He says, God bless Texas. God bless Texas. Lesnar said, life is good for Roman Reigns. Lesnar mentioned a saying that uh, allegedly comes from Texas. Pigs get fat. Hogs get slaughtered. Now, Lesnar said Reigns is a hog, and he slaughters hogs every day on the farm. And here I am thinking that Brock Lesnar's a vegetarian. What, the, what, what a visual on Monday Night Raw, right? What a visual on Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar openly admitting that he slaughters hogs and pigs on Monday Night Raw. Quite the visual there for WWE. Lesnar also said Reigns will get a shit kicking. Whatever the fuck that means. It may be uh, Texas lingo. Shit kicking. Never heard that one before, man. We don't say that up here. Paul Heyman then comes out. Everybody's booing Paul Heyman. Don't know why anybody would boo Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is a 
goddamn fucking saint in my eyes. Heyman interrupts Lesnar. Lesnar and Heyman traded a few insults back and forth here. Heyman said a betting man would bet on Lesnar because Lesnar annihilates people and ends careers. Heyman said Lesnar doesn't care if he sends Reigns to the hospital or the morgue. Lesnar nodded in approval of those comments. However, Heyman said Reigns and his streak is one that Lesnar will not conquer. Heyman said if he has to train Reigns to pull out Lesnar's heart through his ass, that is something he will have to do. Again, quite the visual. Pulling somebody else's heart out, this time out of their ass. Lesnar is standing there, and before he could reply, he was cut off by A-Town Down, Austin Theory's theme music, which is fucking awful, hits the PA system. Theory is on the Oakland stage that they had set up there. He's got the Money in the Bank briefcase in hand. He raises it in the air. Theory announced his intentions to regain the United States title from Bobby Lashley, and then afterwards, while he's the United States champion, he's going to cash in and become the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And Lesnar and Reigns are going to have to watch out for him. At which he said he will win the title by putting a foot on someone's chest, whether it be Reigns or Lesnar. Lesnar then got upset and said, well, if you're going to stand over there, we're here tonight. Why don't you get the fuck in the ring and fight me tonight? Theory reference facing Lesnar in, inside the Elimination Chamber, and we saw footage of Lesnar hitting an F5. So if you guys remember inside the Elimination Chamber, I believe it was in Saudi Arabia, Lesnar was in the Elimination Chamber with Austin Theory, and he F5'd Theory off of the pod, and he went crashing down below. So in this clip, I don't know why WWE did it. Lame. WWE wants to be all fucking rough and tough, right? They're talking about slaughtering pigs and fucking pulling hearts out of people's asses. In this clip, if you watch Raw tonight, WWE, they showed the F5 of Theory inside the Elimination Chamber from Lesnar. And before he hit the mat down below or, or the steel down below, they blacked it out. They blacked out the footage. They showed the F5, and then when they slow-mo it down, he's coming down, and then they blank it out as if it's like fucking, you're about to watch a murder scene in a movie. I don't know why they blanked it out. The whole screen went black. I'm asking myself, why did they do that? They did it about two or three different times. Why did they do that? I don't understand it. This is why WWE gets shit on by the hardcore audience, because they're not cool. They're not hip. They want to hide behind this fucking PG sports entertainment casual bullshit. Meanwhile, we saw what happened to Austin Theory. We know what happened to Austin Theory. He's alive. He didn't go through the elimination chamber. He didn't bleed. Even though he should have. WWE is lame. Lame. What a ridiculous segment. Theory says he wants revenge for that. He wants revenge for that. Okay, great. You want revenge. You want revenge on Brock Lesnar. Good luck. All of a sudden, Otis and Gable, Otis and Gable come out. They come out from the timekeeper's area. Lesnar says, look, I'm back on Raw, and all the cockroaches want to come out and play. 
So Gable and Otis are there, and apparently they're working for Austin Theory here. And they get into the ring, and Lesnar gets shot blocked by Gable, and Otis is there, and he's laying in some offense as well. Lesnar no-sells all of this. He didn't even get phased by the chop block. And then he takes Gable, and he's got this fucking... I swear to God, man, it looked like he had murderous precision in his eyes, did Brock Lesnar. He took Gable, and he threw him as far as he could throw him within the confines of this, of this WWE ring, overhead suplex. He takes Otis and beats the shit out of him. He closes, clotheslines him in one fucking shot, over the top rope, to the outside. He goes to the outside. He takes one half of the steel steps and starts beating both of them with the steel steps. It's almost reminding me of a fucking video game, the way he's hitting both Gable and Otis. He then takes Gable and throws him again. He takes Otis and lifts Otis up on his shoulders. Lesnar made Otis look like a 150-pound cruiserweight, the way he lifted him up. Absolutely no effort at all. F5 right through the announce table. The announce table is destroyed in the first 15 minutes of the show. Takes a steel chair. He bashes Gable over the back with the steel chair. Chaos on Monday Night Raw. So Jimmy Smith called this an appetizer for Brock Lesnar before he gets to SummerSlam and gets into that match with Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. So the beatdown of Gable and Otis was pretty awesome. I will give him that. It's nothing that we haven't seen before. I do have a little reservations here by WWE standards. Why do we need to send Gable and Otis out there when they should be a vital part of the tag team division? Why are we sending them out there to get squashed and made into nobodies because WWE doesn't have anybody else to send out there. When did Austin Theory and Alpha Academy somehow become best friends? I don't get it. Why, why is the Alpha Academy helping Austin Theory? What is in it for them? Is Austin Theory booking this show? Is he going to get them a tag team title opportunity from this point on? I don't know. None of it made sense. I don't like to see guys like Gable and Otis who could be great in their own right, get squashed by WWE because they have nobody else to feed to Brock Lesnar in this segment. But it's nothing new. Lesnar being there is nothing new. Roman Reigns is allergic to Monday Night Raw. Paul Heyman's promo was the same old shit that we usually see. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, I, I mean, I could watch Paul Heyman for three hours. Seriously. I could watch Paul Heyman for all three hours of this show. Just fucking spew stories and cut promos. But it's the same shit. I don't know how anybody watching this shit is excited for SummerSlam. I don't know how anybody's watching this shit and is excited for this championship match. I don't know how anybody's watching this shit and is excited to see this match again. This main event again. What is so exciting about this? This will be the 10th time, or ninth or 10th time, that these guys are wrestling. WWE has only booked this match because they can't sell out Nissan Stadium and Lesnar's their biggest star, working on a part-time schedule. Roman Reigns is their second biggest star, working on a part-time schedule. They're in Nissan Stadium that holds 70,000 plus, and they don't even have 40,000 seats sold. 
so much for SummerSlam, right? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. WrestleMania's main event this year was fucking dreadful. It was nothing but Superman punches, spears, and F5s. If you think that constitutes as a pro wrestling match, you're a complete blithering idiot. It doesn't. It's a joke. This isn't a video game simulation. This is real life. This is Reigns and Lesnar. If you want to give me Superman punches and fucking F5s multiple times during the match, go plug in your PS5 and play it out in the fucking virtual realm. I don't give a fuck about this match. I don't give a shit about Reigns and Lesnar. I don't know how anybody could sit there and be excited about this shit, man. You dwell in mediocrity, and you are the root of the problem. You are no better than Vince McMahon. This is basically WrestleMania Night 3 all over again because WWE has roster problems. They refuse to go and reference the roster problems. They don't do anything about the roster problems, yet they're booking this show the same exact way as WrestleMania. It's basically the same fucking card. It's basically the same card. Lesnar Reigns, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, Pat McAfee's got a match, Logan Paul's got a match, Ronda Rousey's wrestling another blonde not named Charlotte Flair. I mean, give me a fucking break. Yet there'll be people out there that cry long-term booking. WWE booked a great show. Blah, 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 blah. Blow me. Summer scam. Summer scam. Whatever the matches before the main event, that's your main event for, for SummerSlam this year. It's not Lesnar Reigns. It's not Lesnar Reigns. And what's going to happen? Is Austin Theory... Is Austin Theory going to cash in his briefcase? After all this tease, after all these weeks, right? Is Austin Theory going to cash in his money in the bank? Are we really looking at a WWE in 2022 with Austin Theory potentially holding the Raw and SmackDown heavyweight titles? I don't think that's the right time. The fuck are we going to do with Austin Theory as champion? You guys want your ratings to fucking plummet? By all means. By all means, book Austin Theory as your world champion. Instead of building him up in a natural, organic way, you want to give him the fucking championship, potentially, knowing these fucking people will go and pull the trigger. You want to give this guy the championships, potentially, and then you'll fucking cry that the ratings aren't where they need to be. I wonder why. You want to push somebody to the fucking moon, you want to strap the rocket pack on him well before he even deserves that rocket pack, you're going to get 
what you deserve. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to suffer the consequences. I hope to God he doesn't win the fucking world championship. Why would they, why would they book Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for Austin Theory to walk out of SummerSlam as the world champion? When we got Clash at the Castle coming up, and Sheamus and McIntyre more than likely will have a number one contenders match at SummerSlam, and Drew McIntyre is going to win that match and go on to wrestle Roman Reigns. We're looking at Austin Theory not cashing in, I hope. What's going to happen? Is Drew McIntyre going to win the world championship and then Austin Theory cash in on Drew McIntyre and leave in, uh, Cardiff Wells as the champion, breaking everybody's heart at Principality Stadium? I could see that happen. I could absolutely see that being the way WWE does it. Not on Reigns. Why would they have him pin Lesnar or Reigns? That would look utterly ridiculous. We wasted 700-plus days for Roman Reigns to hold both of these championships for Austin Theory to cash in and beat Roman Reigns. Austin Theory? Austin Theory, who just got put into the oven and isn't ready to be pulled out yet. He's not fully baked yet. That's what you want me to buy. That's what you want me to believe in. Austin fucking... We went from Cody Rhodes. We went from discussions of Cody Rhodes to Austin fucking Theory. Jesus fucking Christ. We got Riddle and Bobby Lashley scheduled before Monday Night Raw hit the airwaves tonight. WWE axed that match. And we got Theory with Seth Rollins versus Riddle and Bobby Lashley in a tag team main event. Finn Balor. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. They made their entrance onto the stage. The Mysterios, Booyaka, Booyaka, 619. Booyaka, Booyaka, Ray and Dominic. Mysterio. So we got Ray Mysterio versus Finn Balor here. And my God, man, Judgment Day is fucking boring. How does anybody, how does anybody find any interest in Judgment Day? How? Judgment Day was all edge. Now, I looked at it as potential for Damian Priest. I looked at it as potential for Rhea Ripley. Now we got Finn Balor out there looking like a jobber. He's got this purple fucking handkerchief hanging out of his fucking wardrobe. He's got black leather pants on. He looks like a complete mid-card bum out there. He doesn't even look like a main event guy in this stable that he's supposedly the leader of. And we got Damian Priest out there. Damian Priest, I had high hopes for Damian Priest. I really believed that WWE was going to push Damian Priest and have him be a solid fucking upper mid-card act for years to come on Monday Night Raw. This guy is no better than fucking uh, Reggie or anybody else on the lower end of the spectrum on Monday night. Dead. Dead to rights. They fucking gave this guy the Incredible Hulk. They gave him this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde bullshit. Then they paired him with Edge. Oh, oh, here we go. That's a good deal right there. This could be a turning point for Mr. Damian Priest. And then they kicked out Edge, and now Damian Priest is right back to where he was before he joined Edge, but now his leader is Finn Balor, who probably was worse off than Damian Priest was before he joined Judgment Day. 
Yet they're still coming out to the other side by Alter Bridge. The best thing about this fucking group is the goddamn theme song, which is my favorite band. By the way, I'm hearing Alter Bridge's new album is dark, epic, and very, very heavy, which I'm very excited about. O October 14th, Pawns and Kings comes out. Anyway, all Judgment Day is is now a theme song. That's all they are. So Finn Balor and Damian Priest made their entrance. They're in the ring. And Priest demands the fans, please rise. He gets this dark tone to him. Wants the fans to rise and show respect to the Judgment Day. This was obviously not received well by the audience in San Antonio. So Priest said in a few weeks, it will be the 20-year anniversary of Rey Mysterio. Booyaka. Priest invited Dominic to join Judgment Day because Priest said Rey is washed up and Dominic can't learn anything from his washed-up father. So he invited Dominic to join Judgment Day and step out of his father's shadow. So Balor then mocked Rey's legendary status and said Edge is also a legend. Look at what happened to him. So we've seen footage of Balor, Priest, and Rhea Ripley attacking Edge. Balor called both Edge and Ray bad leaders. Balor then called Ray a bad father. Wow, creative. Wow, Balor. How long did it take you to come up with that one-liner? Ray had enough. He attacked Balor. He didn't want to hear this shit anymore. Ray and Dominic both attacked Priest and Balor, and they retreated. We go to commercial break. We come back, and we get this match. Ray Mysterio and Finn Balor, one-on-one -on -one here on Monday night. Went about 10 minutes. This match went just as long as all of SmackDown on Friday night. We got less than 15 minutes of in-ring action on Friday night with SmackDown. I know. It's terrible. Absolutely awful. So, we go to commercial break. We're back from break. Ray is bringing Balor down from the top rope. Uh, really nice Harun Karana by, Finn, uh, by uh, Ray Mysterio on Balor. Then he hits a 619. Hits the 619. Balor dodged a frog splash moments before. Ray applied a crucifix pin for a near fall. Balor used a headlock elbow drop for a two count. That's what it looked like to me. Or a reverse DDT, I think it was. I think he calls it the 1916, I believe. They don't even call it the right way. They don't call it, this is why I miss Moro. Or anybody that knows their fucking pro wrestling background and gives me a match where you're actually calling the wrestling moves. Jimmy Smith doesn't even call the move as its actual name. 1916. That inverted reverse DDT that he does. Goes up top, and he hits the coup de grace for the one, two, three. Clean. Finn Balor beat Rey Mysterio clean on Monday Night Raw. So, at the end of the match, Dominic slithers into the ring. He's trying to pull Rey out of the ring so they don't do a joint attack on him two-on-one. And Dominic is looking up at both Damian Priest and Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio's taunting him. Look, I won the match. He's raising his hand in front of Dominic. I won the match. Why don't you join us? Look, we're winners. No, you're not. Are we really, are we really excited or interested in Dominic Mysterio turning heel on his father and joining Judgment Day? I mean, 
Can you make this group feel any fucking worse? Could you make them look like any more of a loser group? You want to add Dominic Mysterio, who is as fucking as exciting as dirty bathwater. You fucking serious? Dominic Mysterio in Judgment Day. Yes, let's add another loser to the ranks. Dominic is awful. Dominic should be on NXT 2.0. Dominic should be on Tuesday night. Dominic should not be on the main roster. And Dominic should not be on Monday Night Raw. If anything, Dominic's bringing his father down because he's so fucking boring. This shit sucks. This shit sucks. Yeah, well, Rhea Ripley's out. Yeah, we'll go and uh, enlist Dominic Mysterio for Judgment Day. You fucking kidding me? Man, you want to have Dominic come out to Alter Bridge? Jesus fucking Christ, I'll never listen to that song ever again if that's the fucking case. Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti would be fucking ashamed of Dominic in Judgment Day. Come on, man. Moving on. Got a Becky Lynch promo. Becky Lynch comes out. She makes her way out to the ring because she needs to be on TV. Anytime Bianca Belair is on TV and wrestling in a match, Becky Lynch has to be there. Becky Lynch has to be there. So Becky Lynch comes out, and Becky Lynch was standing on the announce desk with a microphone. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. And Becky Lynch takes the microphone and says, (laughs) I work my ass off every week for a paycheck, and after winning the no-holds-barred match against Oscar. I should be the number one contender. My little hobbitses. My little, my precious. Becky then complained about not being given a title rematch after WrestleMania and demanded a championship match at SummerSlam. She was getting all, all excited, right? Bianca Belair's music then hits the PA system. Becky then looked at Bianca very angrily. And Belair was uh, in the ring, taunting Becky with the title. And Becky is complaining to Bianca, that's my spot, that's my title, I deserve it, I deserve it, I deserve it, you shouldn't be there. Got Bianca Belair and Carmella. Bianca Belair and Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, I will say this. I will say this. This was a better match than the match at Money in the Bank. This was by far and away the better match of the two matches that we've seen with both of these women. So, even though it was a better match than Money in the Bank, WWE always finds a way to fuck things up. Every single time. Every time you get something good, WWE has to find a way to fuck it up. Let's let's talk about it. So, Belair... She slammed Carmella's face onto the announce table, argued with Becky Lynch. They go to commercial break almost immediately as the bell rings. So Carmella was in control. How she got in control, I don't know. I don't know. All of a sudden, we get back from commercial break, and Carmella's in control after she got her face slammed onto the fucking announce desk. Carmella tried a high crossbody, but Bella easily caught her off the top rope, hit a very 
impressive vertical suplex on Carmella. Carmella reversed a glam slam into a roll-up for a two. That looked really good. Bella hit the glam slam, but Carmella got her knees up on a standing moonsault and hit a super kick for a near fall. Belair tried a KOD. This was also another great spot. Belair tried a KOD, but Carmella countered the KOD into a face buster. Really good stuff there. Got to give it to Carmella, man. That looked like a tricky situation, and she made it look really good. Belair then fought back with a clothesline. She takes Carmella, delivers a spine buster, goes for cover. She gets a two count. Carmella tried to roll out of the ring and kind of take a little break for herself. So Belair went after her, and this is where I say WWE fucks things up. So Carmella rolls out of the ring. Belair goes after her. Carmella raked her or thumbed her in the eye. Belair shoved Carmella into the ring post before she rolled Carmella back into the ring. So she was about to go back into the ring. Referees right there counting. We're up to a six. We're up to a seven, right? All of a sudden, Becky Lynch gets up, goes around the ring, and tries to attack Bianca Belair as she's, like, blinded because Carmella thumbed her in the eye. Referee standing right there counting, right? Seven, eight. Becky Lynch is not going to attack Bianca Belair, right? Or Bianca Belair is not, uh, you know, shouldn't be attacked in this moment because then uh, Becky would be giving Bianca the fucking match and she doesn't want Bianca to win the match, right? So Becky Lynch is out there. She's teasing an attack on Bianca Belair. All of a sudden, Bianca Belair stops while the referee is standing right behind her in the ring. Eight, nine, ten. She stops herself from going back into the ring to go and beat Carmella to stop and argue and verbally fucking get in Becky Lynch's face while the referee is legitimately right behind her in her fucking ears Nine, ten, ding, ding, ding. Carmella wins the match by countout. So we go about, wow, well, what would this match go? 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so, 13 minutes. It may have gone upwards towards 15 minutes. I wasn't even keeping count. We go all this time, and we get a decent women's match, only for it to end in a fucking countout. Bianca Belair wants to call herself the EST of WWE, the smartest, the quickest, the fastest, the slyest, or whatever the fuck she uses, whichever word she wants to use to come up with the EST moniker. Tonight, Bianca Belair was the dumbest. So yes, she is the EST of WWE. She's the dumbest in WWE. You fucking serious? What a shit fucking ending to this match. A shit ending. She didn't look good at all. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be excited about Bianca Bella and Becky Lynch again at SummerSlam. Like, we didn't see this one how many fucking times? Then I got to hear the fucking geeks on social media. Long-term booking. Long-term booking. Bianca's going to get her revenge at SummerSlam. I'm sorry. I failed to see the long-term booking. I look at it as WWE has nobody else because Rhea Ripley is out. And we're not even getting a one-on-one match. Not with what I saw tonight. Count out, Carmella wins. She's holding up the fucking championship. As if she won the goddamn championship tonight against Bianca Belair. So more than likely, more than likely, instead of WWE giving us another rematch for a third fucking time, I hope to God not, 
That would be ridiculous. WWE is going to give us a triple threat match. We're going to get Carmella versus Bianca versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, and Carmella will be pinned in that match to sell us on Bianca versus Becky at some later date, probably at Clash of the Castle. SummerSlam is only going to be a precursor to Clash at the Castle because WWE needs to fill out 40,000 or so in that Principality Stadium, and I'm sure they want to do that match there. SummerSlam, yeah, we could do a triple threat match. Nobody gives a shit, right? We're going to half-ass the booking here. So we'll have Carmella get her token victory via countdown over the champion. That'll be enough to claim she is a number one contender, right? She beat the champion. So we'll get a triple threat match at SummerSlam, and then Bianca and Becky will have their one-on-one match at Clash of the Castle Labor Day weekend in September. I think I got that one pretty damn close to how it's going to work out. But the match was good. Not taking anything away from both women. Bianca's great. And Carmella, you know, I could sit here and blast WWE for their infatuation with blondes. But I got to give Carmella credit, man. You know, Carmella has been off TV for several months. She's come back and WWE's placed her in this position. She looks good. She looks good. You know, Carmella, as beautiful of a woman as Carmella is, she goes in there and she fucking wrestles, which I greatly appreciate. She doesn't go in there and fucking throw weak-ass slaps around or fucking, you know, cry about a broken fingernail or cry about a fucking ripped-out hair extension. Carmella actually gets down and dirty, and I appreciate that. She wrestles. At least she's trying to. She's not all fluff in there like most of the fucking women that I see get in the ring. She's doing pretty well for herself. So that I can appreciate. Why she's getting a championship match after being off TV for two months? I don't know. I don't know. It's WWE. I don't fucking know. It's ridiculous. It's not her fault. But she looks good out there. We saw another cryptic video. Another cryptic video. This time we saw RKO t-shirts. We saw John Cena, you can't see me hat, I believe. We saw flannel, which is reminiscent of Mick Foley. This is not Bray Wyatt. I need you guys to put this shit out of your mind immediately. This is not Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is not coming back. These vignettes have nothing to do with Bray Wyatt. This is Edge. When he comes back, I don't know. Will we see him at SummerSlam? I don't know. I would assume WWE wants him for Cardiff. So I'm assuming we'll get him coming back within the next couple of weeks or so to build for that show because I don't know why WWE would want to go there as big as that show is going to be and not have somebody the caliber of Edge on the card. So more than likely, we're probably looking at Rey Mysterio and Edge, I believe. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, all these vignettes, they, they, really, they really go and tell you that It's Edge, and Edge is going to have to go to his past to beat his future or be better off in his future. I honestly see, from me to you, whether it happens now at SummerSlam or Clash of the Castle, we could see a one-on-one match with Edge and Finn Balor. I don't know why anybody would be interested in that. I don't give a shit. 
I would much rather see Edge and Rey Mysterio, which I do think it's going to end up being, because all of his past is present in these vignettes. And Rey Mysterio, I could see him teaming with Rey Mysterio against Damian Priest and Finn Balor, and Rey Mysterio and Edge getting the one-up on Judgment Day. I could see that happening at Clash of the Castle. So let me know what you guys think about that. I, I do think that is where they're probably going with all of this. But I just want Edge on TV. I do. I want him back on TV. I want him in a huge role on this show. The World Championship should be back on the show, and I think Edge should be in that hunt for the World Championship as a babyface, at least until Cody Rhodes comes back. Ms. TV. Ms. TV with Tommaso Ciampa. Ms. has Ciampa as his guest. Ms. X Ciampa for the reasoning behind his recent attacks on Raw. Champa wanted all eyes on him and nobody, he says, demands more attention than The Miz. I would be a betting man. I would be a betting man. I'd probably end up a rich man. Because I don't think that Tommaso Champa believes a fucking single word that came out of his mouth tonight in regards to The Miz. Tommaso Champa, if, if you look at Tommaso Champa now, Compared to Tommaso Ciampa on NXT during the black and gold, this is a much different Ciampa. This is a Ciampa that almost doesn't believe in what he's talking about. This is a Tommaso Ciampa looking at a spot on TV, being paired with The Miz, and he's trying to make the best of it, and then he's got to say on national fucking television that nobody demands more attention on the entire roster than Mike Mizanin. This is Psycho Killer. This is the greatest NXT champion of the entire black and gold lifespan. This was the greatest heel in all of WWE in the last decade. And he's out there shilling himself to the fucking Miz as Mrs. Lackey. What a fucking joke. He just comes off as if his heart is not in it. Right? That black heart, it ain't there anymore, man. That black heart is fucking sad. Tommaso Ciampa is fucking trying to convince himself that what he's saying is legit, and he can't bring himself to do it. So Miz rambled on and rambled on about Logan Paul, and we got a clip of Logan Paul reiterating that he was coming for the Miz at Summer Scam. Miz was in denial. And once again, asked Logan Paul to retract his statement so that they, they can become tag team champions. If Paul turned him down, he'd find a new partner and he wouldn't have to look very far, being that he's got Tommaso Ciampa. AJ Styles comes out and interrupts. He told The Miz to shut up. Styles said Ciampa was there to do The Miz's dirty work. He was about to, and that's legit shoot right there. He was about to reference Miz's tiny balls, but Miz cut him off. Styles said, do you mind if I finish what I have to say? Styles managed to finish his statement, called Miz a coward, called him a coward, dot, 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 with tiny balls. So we got a very, very lukewarm Texas reaction with a chant of tiny balls, tiny balls. WWE has released merchandise for The Miz with this as its running gag on the shirt. I have huge balls, I believe is what it says on his new t-shirt. I have new balls. 
It's unbelievable. Who writes this shit? A 76-year-old demented fucking old fuck, Vince McMahon, is writing for AJ Styles to go out there and tell The Miz he has tiny balls. This is the, one of the greatest pro wrestlers on the face of the fucking planet, on the WWE roster, and they have him out there referencing The Miz's nutsack. Unbelievable. Styles jumped in the ring while Miz and Champa bailed on the outside. All of a sudden, Ezekiel. Ezekiel comes out. He introduced himself to Styles. Hi, I'm Ezekiel. You know, Elias' younger brother, Ezekiel. Ezekiel also noted that Elias thought the Miz had tiny balls. He said he went to Adam Pearce and offered to be Styles' partner tonight. If Styles was on the same page, do you accept? Let me be your tag team partner against Champa and the Miz. Styles shook his hand, and this was supposed to be originally a handicap match. It was supposed to be AJ Styles versus Tommaso Champa and the Miz. So in comes Ezekiel to save the day for AJ Styles. Oh joy, oh joy. AJ and Ezekiel beat the Miz and Champa via disqualification. Of course they did. So we got Styles and Ezekiel being beaten down by Champa and the Miz. Styles finally starts to fight back. Hit the Miz with a gut buster. Styles shoved Champa off the ring apron before Miz hit a DDT for a two. Styles reversed a skull-crushing finale into a Yushi Garoshi, but Champa broke up the cover. Ezekiel then takes Champa and throws him out of the ring before Miz dropped Ezekiel with a drop kick. Styles put the Miz in a calf crusher, but Champa broke up the cover. He then starts ground and pound on Styles. Referee called for a DQ because he didn't adhere to the referee's five count, and that was pretty much it. Well, I don't even think there was a five count. Corey Graves looked fucking stumped out there. Why'd the match end? Why'd the match end? Styles laid out champ after the match, and The Miz ran away like a coward, dot, 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 with tiny balls. So we got a women's championship match that ended in a countout, and then we get this tag team match ending in a DQ. And then people wonder why nobody finds Monday Night Raw interesting. And then people want to know why I don't find Monday Night Raw fucking interesting. They can't even book the fucking outcome of a match to give you a winner and a loser. We get a countout where Bianca Belair looks like the dumbest. And then we get a DQ finish and nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley. They were backstage. They had a meeting in the back about their upcoming tag team match. Riddle also wanted to watch Stranger Things with Lashley because he gets scared when he sees Vecna. Now, I don't know who the fuck Vecna is because I haven't watched one fucking episode of Stranger Things, man. I watched season one way back when it came out, and I need to go back and reaffirm myself with Stranger Things. I don't know who the fuck Vecna is. So I'm lost. I don't know who he's talking about. But all this fucking Metallica, Master of Puppets, Stranger Things bullshit, I may have to check it out. Lashley told him he's already watched Stranger Things. Lashley then gives him a fist bump, and and Bobby Lashley walks away. So we got Alexa Bliss and Asuka teaming up together 
And they were going into a tag team match against Dodrop and Nikki T-R-A-S-H. But before we do that, because I know you guys can't wait, you guys cannot wait to hear me break down Alexa Bliss teaming up with Asuka against Nikki Trash and Dodrop. Yes, I'm sure you guys are fucking waiting with bated breath to hear me talk about this match. So instead, I want to give you guys a little something. I want to give you guys a little something. Something that I'm very excited about, man. Something that I'm very excited about that's happening on August 28th. Letting you guys know right now, we will be on Fight TV. We will be on Fight TV. We will be on pay-per-view. But if you guys are in the New York City area, I need you guys to go and show up for this show. Because the card that I am aware of, this may be the most exciting card that House of Glory puts on. And what I'm about to show you, man, is some fucking awesome shit. So I'm going to take a little break. And uh, for everybody watching on YouTube, you will see it. For everybody else listening on Blue Wire and Spotify, you're probably asking yourself what the fuck's going on. You got to come on over to the YouTube side of things, man, to listen and watch what I'm about to show you this is one of our newest matches signed today and official for House of Glory High Intensity, August 28th at Terminal 5 in New York City. This one's different. Him and I are a lot alike. He needs to feed, although he may call it something else. We take our time with this one, trust me. Patience. I'm gonna make him chase his next meal. Does that not get you fucking excited? Holy shit, man. That. That. Is much more exciting than me talking about Alexa Bliss, man. Come on. Come on, man. Honestly, you know, that's got me excited. When I first saw that, and uh, Brian over at Hog sent me that before we actually published that on social media today. I'm like, this is fucking great. Killer Cross, man, let me tell you something about Killer Cross. You, you may not, you may not like or appreciate Killer Cross. A lot of people said he was boring in NXT and they didn't find any interest in him on the main roster. WWE lost a big, big, big attraction with Killer Cross, man. If they gave him any sort of creative whatsoever, he would have been a natural on the main roster. But but they wanted to dress him up like fucking some goddamn ninja turtle villain. And now he's coming to House of Glory, man. 
He is so fucking good at what he does, man. Look at his acting. How can't you do anything with him on the main roster? That was my gripe when we were talking about him before he even made his debut. They were putting him out there against Jeff Hardy, losing as NXT champion. Look at his acting. He brings a sense of legitimacy just in his body language, his mannerisms, man. You can't teach that. You can't. He may not be your cup of tea, but everything about him, man, he's a complete package. And then low-key, if you guys are not paying attention to House of Glory, man, you know, you may be out of the loop with low-key. Low-key has put on some of the best matches I've personally seen of low-key in the last decade. He's doing the best work of the at least his career the last 10, 15 years with the talent that we're bringing in to put him in the ring with. Low-key is, they call him the professional for a fucking reason, man. He is so fucking good. So good. I can't wait to see that match, man. Those two are going to, they're going to fucking kill each other. HOGWrestling.net. Go get your tickets. If you guys are going to watch it on pay-per-view and can't be there, man, we will be on Fight TV. Alexa Bliss and Asuka, they defeated Doe Drop and Nikki Trash in four minutes. Bliss got the win for her. The no, basically, nothing happened here. Nothing happened here. Bliss picked up the, fit, uh, the, the win here in a pinfall over Nikki with a DDT. Am I the only one who thinks Alexa Bliss has somehow gotten worse? I, I, can't, I can't stand to even look at her. She's awful. This babyface gimmick is fucking awful, man. Now, you know, I at least appreciated how good of a heel she was, man. She got, she got people to legitimately hate her, which is great. I didn't really care that WWE went all in on, on Alexa Bliss, and she, she barely could have a, a fucking half a star match with anybody. But at least she was a good heel. She was a good villain. But now, now you take that lack of wrestling ability and you mix it together with a cringe babyface run where she's holding dolls, and the only reason why she's on television is to sell the fucking doll on WWE Shop, she's gotten worse. I didn't give a shit about Alexa then, and I certainly don't give a shit about Alexa now. This ain't working out. And that theme song, man, holy shit. That shit is awful. Awful. Oscar looks like a fucking comedy geek out there. Doe drop. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. If she survives the budget cut, the next round of budget cuts, whenever the fuck Nick Khan decides that's coming, I'd be shocked. And Nikki Ash is still dressing as a fucking comic book character. This time, instead of wearing blue, she's wearing the black. Now, the black looks better on her, but she's still doing uh, the Nikki trash, and she's fucking thinking that she's some superhero about to leap off tall buildings and fucking fight crime. Jesus fucking Christ, man. This shit sucks. Absolutely terrible. Yet I'm supposed to think WWE's got some solid women's division on Monday night. No, they don't. The Usos. We were going to get Angelo Dawkins versus Jimmy Uso. That's what we were getting. Here I am thinking that WWE's going to give us another round of singles matches just like they did for Money in the Bank and the build between the Profits and the Usos, we're going to get singles matches going into SummerSlam. Usos are out there. They're cutting a promo. They call themselves a broken record. 
WWE's a broken fucking record. They give you the same goddamn shit every goddamn week. Coming out on SmackDown, coming out on Raw, saying the same things while dominating both shows. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns doesn't want to show up on Monday. He's allergic to Monday night. Meanwhile, the Usos show up on Monday night. Roman Reigns is too busy to show up on Monday night. He's embarrassed to show up on Monday night. I don't know what he's so embarrassed about. The show that he primarily uh, resides on is a lot worse than Monday Night Raw. Believe it or not, SmackDown is a lot worse. So they dominate both shows. They mock the Street Profits for crying. About their money in the bank loss. Profits come out and they interrupted. They said the Usos gave everything they had at Money in the Bank, but Montez Ford's shoulder was still off the mat. They didn't win clean. They planned on taking the titles at SummerSlam from the Usos. Yeah, good luck with that. R-Truth all of a sudden interrupts. He wanted the teams to get along and called San Antonio the city of brotherly love. For some weird reason, I found this to be hilarious. I don't know. So he claimed that he is a tag team counselor. These two teams aren't getting along. Let me counsel you. So the Usos, the Usos are out there, man. They're trying to hold back laughter. This was genuinely funny. This was probably the best thing on the entire night, the entire three hours of this show. The Usos told him to leave unless, Us, you're wearing a referee shirt. Get the fuck out of here. So Truth was indeed wearing a referee t-shirt underneath his shirt. So he auditioned to then be the referee for the Street Profits and the Usos at SummerSlam. So he's in the ring. He's showing the Usos and the Profits how he would count the one, two, three. He's doing NFL-like fucking calls out there. And he's out there counting to 10. He's making a mockery of being a referee. And it was absolutely fucking hilarious. This was great. It didn't make any sense why he was out there, but it was great. So the Usos, Jimmy Uso, told R-Truth, Us, you need to take your clown ass back to the catering department. Take your clown ass to the back. Get the fuck out of here. So Truth didn't appreciate that. He asked San Antonio if they wanted to see his clown ass fight tonight. Do you want to see this clown ass fight the Usos tonight? So, R-Truth acted all tough. He said he'd fight both of them with his partners, of course, with the Street Profits. All of a sudden, the mighty, oh, oh, my. And we see this camera angle looking up at him, right? Like he's fucking 12 feet tall. Shit is so lame. Omos and MVP come out. MVP was watching in the back and thought Omos would make a great referee. This guy can barely fucking walk. He's going to get down on his fucking knees and count the one, two, three. I don't see that happening. Omos wanted to be in the match to even the odds and team with the Usos. Usos were fine with that. Three Prophets asked R-Truth if he was uh, in, and they all attacked Omos and the Usos. They were laid out, and we got this tag team match. Thank God we didn't get a singles match. We were going to get Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. 
We got a six-man tag team match. The Usos and Omos defeated the Street Profits and R-Truth in about 12 minutes or so. Ford and Angelo Dawkins hit dives on the Usos. Truth tried one on Omos, but he was caught, and he was dropped on the ring apron by Omos. Ford, he made a hot tag, hit a blockbuster, standing moonsault for two. Omos cut off his dive attempt, so the Street Profits teamed up to drive him into the steel post. Profits gave Jimmy an electric chair backdrop elbow combination, and Jay broke up the cover. Truth tried uh, John Cena's five moves of doom, but Omos drove him into the steel steps. Angelo Dawkins, he was running wild. Omos made a blunt tag and gave him a big giant Kali tree slam for the one, two, three. I don't know. Here I am wishing that we got Angelo Dawkins versus Jimmy Uso. I didn't want the singles match, but seeing Omas and this six-man tag, they were asking me, or they were begging me, rather, and I was asking for the singles fucking match. Why this happened, I don't know. Apparently, the show was rewritten an hour or two before the show went on the air. Don't know what the point of this was. Kevin Patrick interviewed Seth Rollins, who cut a promo on Matt Riddell. Rollins warned Riddle that when you play with fire, you are going to get burned. I get burned every fucking week watching this goddamn garbage on Monday night. Just ask Cody Rhodes, he said. Theory showed up, asked him for advice on cashing in money in the bank. Rollins says, you came to the right place. Hey, if you want to befriend anybody about money in the bank cashing, Seth Rollins is your guy, man. He should be a fucking counselor. On money in the bank cashins, like Art Truth is a counselor for tag teams. And apparently now referee. Logan Paul made another video saying that he will be on Monday Night Raw next week. Oh joy, oh joy. Then we got our main event. What is with WWE giving us these main events, man? We we start the main event at 10:35, right? And here I am thinking, yeah, we're gonna get a decent main event, right? We're gonna get some. Decent wrestling. Bobby Lashley makes his way out there. Dun, 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 dun. There's Bobby Lashley entrance, right? 10.35. Matt Riddle comes out. He comes out at around 10.37. Commercial break after both of their introductions. So we see a replay of Riddle giving Rollins an RKO last week. We're back from commercial break. Five-minute commercial break. We're back at 10.43. We see a replay of fucking RKO on Rollins by Riddle. Then we get Rollins making his entrance at 10.44. Austin Theory makes his way out, 10.45. Main event begins at 10.45. Main event begins, ding, ding, ding. We go to commercial break at 10.49. Then we get a NXT commercial about Roxanne Perez versus Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship at 10.52. And we get back to the main event at 10.53, leaving seven minutes for the fucking main event that began at 10.35. And people want to know why I shit on WWE. Is it Wednesday yet? We got Takeshita versus Moxley and Cassidy versus Wardlow. 
and a tag team triple threat match with the Bucks and Team Taz. And Swerve Strickland with Keith Lee. Is it Wednesday yet? We got this main event match, TV time, seven minutes, when it started at 10.35. Great job there, Bruce. Rollins gave Riddle a reverse superplex for two. Rollins remained in control until Riddle fought him off with a Pele kick. Theory tagged in, tried his uh, rolling drop kick into the ring. Riddle caught him into a submission hold. Theory fought back before Riddle made the hot tag to Bobby Lashley. Lashley ran wild on Rollins before giving Theory a big choke slam. Rollins gave Lashley consecutive forearm strikes. Frog splash for two, which looked great on Bobby Lashley. Riddle tagged in again, gave Theory a power slam. Randy Orton-esque power slam and a draping DDT like Randy Orton does. He set up for an RKO, but Rollins pulled Theory from the ring, so Lashley speared Rollins through the barricade. They always do the same fucking spot with Bobby Lashley, man. If you guys seen one Bobby Lashley match where he spears somebody through the timekeeper's area, he does it every fucking match. Nine times out of ten, at least. So he went through the barricade. Theory tried to pin Riddle with his feet on the rope, but Dolph Ziggler, who was out there, Dolph Ziggler was out there. Before the first commercial break, or the last commercial break, I should say, before the last commercial break, all of a sudden, we hear, I'm here to show the world. Dolph Ziggler comes walking out, dressed in a suit. We go to commercial break. Dolph Ziggler's then sitting by ringside. He's sitting out there in front of the commentary team. So Theory tried to pin Riddle with his feet on the rope, a leverage pin. Ziggler gets up from his seat, and he shoves Austin Theory off the ropes. He knocks Austin Theory's feet off the ropes. Theory was stunned at this, pointing at Dolph, right? Money in the Bank guy, right? Mr. Money in the Bank, acting like the dumbest, looking at Dolph Ziggler while taking his attention away from Matt Riddle in the match. He was stunned. Riddle used this distraction to give him an RKO for the one, two, three. Austin Theory was definitely going to be, you're not not pinning Riddle. You're not going to pin Rollins. And you're not going to pin Bobby Lashley, the United States champion. Why was Austin Theory pinned in this match? If I ever teach you guys anything, every single year, Vince McMahon, whoever is the Money in the Bank winner, no matter if you are a female or a male, if you are the holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase and you're holding it, Vince McMahon deems you okay to take multiple losses because in his mind, he thinks, well, you're the number one contender theoretically for the WWE and Universal Championships, so you can take a loss no matter what. That's what Vince McMahon thinks. That's his thing every single year. If I teach you anything on this show, it is that. Why did Austin Theory lose? He's Mr. Money in the Bank. Vince McMahon thinks that you can take a loss without suffering much of anything because you're the number one contender for the WWE title. So Dolph Ziggler's out there. He gets into the ring, and he laid out Theory with the super kick, and the show goes off the air with, I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Dolph Ziggler's theme music playing on the PA system. I don't know why. All I'm asking myself is, where's Bobby Roode? Where's Bobby Roode? I don't get it. Is Bobby Roode coming back as a solo? 
Bobby Roode going back to glorious? Huh? Dolph Ziggler's out there, and nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. I know why. WWE is so desperate for Austin Theory to look good that he's calling upon all of the veterans in the back to help Austin Theory get to that next level. Is Dolph Ziggler the right guy? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know how, but Austin Theory will get a great match out of Dolph Ziggler. I'll tell you that. I don't know why anybody thinks that anybody's going to give a fuck about Dolph Ziggler. Yes, Hulagrim, I'm here to change the channel, should be his fucking song. Yes. If you think anybody's going to legitimately care about Dolph Ziggler's fucking 18th fucking baby face turn in WWE, you are sadly mistaken. I got people trying to convince me, oh, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. He was built up in NXT. No, he wasn't. Dolph Ziggler wasn't built up in NXT. If anything, WWE moved Dolph Ziggler down to NXT because they had no fucking plans for Dolph Ziggler on the main roster. WWE moved Dolph Ziggler to NXT because they fucking killed Dolph Ziggler on the main roster. How many times can you how many times can you continue to trot this guy out there and ask people to fucking care? He's 41. How old is he? 41 years old? And you're asking me to care about Dolph Ziggler, who at this point is as ice cold as anybody in WWE history. NXT did not do anything to enhance Dolph Ziggler. Nothing. He didn't enhance NXT. He didn't enhance the NXT title. He didn't enhance Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Braun, Braun Breaker did Dolph Ziggler. He didn't enhance anybody. All he did was go down there because he had nothing else to do. They had no plans for him on the main roster. Why? Why would anybody find any interest in Dolph Ziggler? So let's move him down to NXT on Tuesday night. Nobody knows any better over there. Everybody's missing the old NXT. Dolph Ziggler could give them all the pro wrestling that they want. Meanwhile, Braun Breaker didn't, he didn't really do anything. He didn't get enhanced by Dolph Ziggler. Because what did they do with Braun Breaker? They put him in a feud with Dolph Ziggler to try and enhance him in the NXT title and that brand, only to make him look like the dumbest against Joe Gacy. His father was kidnapped. He's being pushed off fucking stages, and he's being mauled by druids, faceless druids. Getting himself anger problems because he can't handle the manipulation by Joe Gacy. Yeah, but Dolph Ziggler really helped Braun Breaker, right? Dolph Ziggler really enhanced Braun Breaker, right? Yeah, Bruce wiped that away like he wipes his fucking ass crack after a hot Mexican meal. You fucking serious? Nobody cares about Dolph Ziggler. Nobody. Good luck getting anybody to care about Austin Theory, who people are already shitting on because they don't want him to have the rocket pack strapped to him. Good luck feuding him with Dolph Ziggler, man. Channel-changing garbage. And I think Dolph is great, but you, foolish enough, want me to fucking care about Dolph Ziggler? Man, if you want me to change the channel quicker than any other time I watch Raw, put Dolph Ziggler on my fucking television, man. I don't know who's worth. Worse, Dolph Ziggler or fucking Natalia? Dolph Ziggler or Alexa Bliss? 
Dolph Ziggler or fucking, uh... My precious, my precious to you, Which one's worse? That's your Monday Night Raw post show. That's your Monday Night Raw post show, man. This show sucks. This show sucks. Thank you guys for making us number one in the entire IWC tonight. Uh, Hooligrim. Hooligrim, I have a question for you, brother. How was the sound tonight, man? I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody saying that the sound went out tonight, man. Did we fix it? Did we fix the sound tonight? I think we did, man. You know what it was? I think it's a cable. There's two inputs on this new mix board that I got. One input doesn't work the right way. I might have a faulty mixer. So I switched the cable to the other output and everything seems to be okay. And, and I had a firmware update. Sound was impeccable tonight. No issues tonight, JD. That's what I like to see, man. That makes me feel good, man. That makes me feel... I go, I'll go to bed with a smile on my face tonight. Good. Uh, what's going on here, man? Jay. Get Jay out of the chat. Who's Jay? I think we are A-OK. JD says Hulu. Thank you, brother. Uh, who's Jay, man? Get Jay. Whoever Jay is, man, get him out. Anyway, guys, um, we're going to go over the Super Chats, man. Get him on in. Let's hang out. We got perfect audio. We got some cool tunes. Get those Super Chats in, guys. Hit that thumbs up, man. I need uh, 82 more likes for 1,000. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, man? Don't let me get all uh, fucking Becky Lynch on you again. Come on. Hit that thumbs up. Let's get a thousand minimum. I don't know who Jay was. Someone say Jay. Get out of the chat. Get Jay out of the chat. I don't know. Whoever he is, get him out. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscapes. You guys, you, you guys better go get some Manscaped, man. I'm telling you right now. The summer is just heating up, man. You definitely need to go get some Manscaped, man. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. I'll tell you that right now. This is a fact. Just like everything I say on this show, man, it's a fact. You will have the best-kept nutsack in all of the universe. You'll be just like the Miz. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping, man. You guys are going to get the Lawnmower 4.0. This is the Performance Package 4.0. You're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0. They're electric trimmer, man. It's a Bush's worst nightmare. Also, it has advanced skin safe technology and a beautiful ceramic blade to get the job done, man. Also comes with an LED light. 
Also, you guys are going to get the Weed Whacker. This is a ear and nose hair trimmer that's going to get rid of those nasty pubes and all those other spaces, man. You'll be in control, no doubt about it. You're going to get the Crop Preserver, their Ball Deodorant, their Crop Reviver, their Ball Toner. You're even going to get two free gifts. You're going to get the Shed Travel Bag, and you're going to get anti-chafing boxers. I may be wearing them right now. They're great. 20% off, free shipping. Use our code JD. Or not, that's that's uh, that's the other guy. Script 20. Use the code Script20 at checkout at manscaped.com, man. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring tonight's show. Script20 at manscaped.com. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206 as well. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And now let's get into the super chats. Tony Brown. I missed Tony Brown's last super chat last night, man. He did a 499 super chat when we went right off the air. Bailey got the best asset. Bailey's got some good assets, man. I'll give you that. Tony Brown with two 499 Super Chats tonight. Omos is so boring. Booty on Bianca and Mella is nice. I agree, bro. He also says Layla Gray is absolutely delicious. Again, I agree, bro. I agree. Nobody's better than Tony Storm. Tony Storm is my number one. Just throwing that out. Joseph Taylor with a 2 Super Chat. The Dirty Dogs turning face. I like that idea. I don't know why you like anything about the Dirty Dogs, Joseph Taylor. Please, someone explain to me why we should like the Dirty Fucking Dogs. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Can they make Dominic's heel turn any more obvious? I don't think Dominic should be on fucking TV. Never mind a fucking heel turn. The Craig with a $5 super chat. Throw prayer emojis up for Jen House. What happened to Jen? Why are we praying? Or why are we throwing up the prayer emojis and praying for uh, Jen House? What happened to Jen? Jen is here every stream. Is she not here? Whatever the case may be, man. Let's throw up those prayer emojis for Jen House. Jared Hopfinger with a $10 super chat. Vince brought Lesnar back to dethrone Roman Reigns. The writers don't know how to bring up new talent. Omos getting pushed, shaking my head. Carmelo Hayes to face Theory with Cameron Grimes. Bro, Carmelo Hayes... You know, I, I honestly think he's ready, but... I, I don't trust the main roster with, with, with guys like that, man. I don't. Omos is terrible. And I don't think Roman Reigns is losing to Lesnar at SummerSlam. Thank you, Jarrett, for the $10 Super Chat. JP, 5150 with a $5 Super Chat. I legit have more entertainment watching a beautiful bartender make and serve one of those old fashions you speak so highly of, JD. Cheers from Miami. 
Bro, I made myself an old-fashioned last night while I sat on the couch. I sat on the, I made an old-fashioned, then I sat on the couch last night, and I watched my boy, Mr. Soldier, 1HD, play some Warzone. I made myself a black walnut old-fashioned, man. I was nice and relaxed, and I fell asleep on the couch. I love it. Thank you, JP, man. Let me know what you think of those old-fashioned, brother. My drink of choice. MGM Bowling with a nine-month membership. Thank you so much, brother. This should say eight months. I don't know why it says seven. I'm looking at nine, bro. Anyway, 16 more months till the Golden Mike. Not going anywhere, JD. Thank you for everything, my tribal chief. Thank you, Ballin. We love having you, brother. Martin Smith with a... 1999 Super Chats. Thank you so much, bro. Hey, JD, sorry I've been MIA for so long. I got a promotion at my job, so I work overnights now. But I always keep up with the podcast. The Beer Garden looks phenomenal. Keep up the amazing work. You are the GOAT of the IWC. Thank you, Martin Smith. Listen, brother, you don't have to apologize to me, man. As long as you are here in any way, shape, or form, always listening, bro, that's all that matters to me. And good luck with that promotion, brother. Congratulations on that. Ricardo with a five-month membership. WWE sucks right now, but I do believe Omos versus Fury would spark things back to life. I can't wait. Hashtag OTS for life. Uh, Ricardo, I may have to dump you. I'm, I may have to get ready, bro. I may have to have Otis get ready, man. I, I, what the fuck is wrong with you to comment like that, man? Now, I know you're trolling, but uh, you willing that into existence, man, is not going to help our cause here. DX Tricksters. Thank you for the five months, brother. DX Tricksters with a five in UK Super Chat. Not even on my 27th birthday, WWE can be bothered to make a decent episode of Raw shaking my head. Bro, I don't know why you would expect anything decent coming off Monday Night Raw. The show sucks. It's legitimately the worst it's ever been. We got two new members. We got Fabian Cleveland and we got Boxhead. What are you guys drinking tonight, man? Thank you for your membership. The Undertaker. Were they seven in Super Chat? I've heard people say they hate this album. I've heard people say they love it. What are your thoughts on Testament's Dark Roots of Earth album? Did not like it, bro. Did not like it. My favorite Testament album is The Gathering. Dark Roots was not a good album, man. I don't even like the new album. I, I, listen, man, I don't even like Exodus's new album. I, I, I think I think all of these albums that we've gotten lately, man, they're very lazy. Even Creator's new album is awful. Nothing really special about it. Testament was at their peak with The Gathering. Dunkaroos are all elite also, he says, with a $2 super chat. Thank you, brother. Joseph King with a $5 super chat. I know you aren't a fan of him, but would you consider the late Chester Bennington a legend in rock? And if not, why? 
I don't know, man. You know, Linkin Park to me was nothing more than a niche band. They were around at the right time, and the sound of that genre of music was at the height of its popularity, man. They caught fire. I mean, the style of music that they played compared to everybody else that I used to listen to growing up, going through high school, man, they weren't they weren't better than anybody that I listened to. And is he a legend? Probably, I would say yes. I would say yes. But how much of a legend is he? Would people be talking about him being a legend if he was still alive? Same thing with Kurt Cobain and everybody else, man. Are they are they legends? It, it, would they be a legend if they're still alive? It's a very very sensitive topic. Yes, it was new metal. I don't think I don't listen, man. I, I would take I would take everybody that I used to listen to in that genre over them. But again, I'm not I'm not going to criticize anybody for liking Linkin Park, man. You know, music is very subjective. For the same reasons I love Miles Kennedy and his lyrical content, you guys love Chester Bennington. Can't sit here and say anything negative about it. You like what you like. Um Robert Hall 85 with an 18 month membership. Yeah, Raw was awful, but at least Mania made 206 million this year. Yay. Yes, it made $206 million because they had two nights of it. Who cares? Ricardo Linnell with the $4.99 Super Chat. WWE equals illogical turd booking. Jabril Mohammed with a $1.99 Super Chat. Theory is cringe, he says. I could see why people don't like Austin Theory, man. You better get used to it. Vince is taking the plunger and he's shoving Theory down our throat. Kelly with a new membership. Thank you, Kelly. Also, Kelly, it says you have a three-month membership. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but thank you for the three months, Kelly. Loki vs. Killer Cross, take my money. We'll be on Fight TV. Hopefully you tune in. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 Super Jack. Killer Cross, straight up badass. WWE creative, career killer. Yeah, they're a different killer. A different kind of killer. Lena Scorpio with a $2 Super Jack. Love your beer garden. You rock, JD. Awesome show. Thank you, Lena Scorpio 20. We got a new membership from Eugene Morgan. Eugene, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? William with a $5 super chat. Do you think AEW and New Japan would do a forbidden door in Japan? Maybe rotate back and forth between US and I don't want to see it in Japan. Why do we need to have it in Japan? So us over here, we have to wake up at 3 in the morning to watch professional wrestling now. U.S. and U.S. only. 
Omega Kong with a five in Super Chat. Always great being here. OTS forever. In your opinion, what are your top three appetizers for a perfect night at a beer garden? Cheddar bacon, potato skins, mozzarella sticks, and dumplings. Chicken dumplings, man, with a nice orange sesame sauce or a yuzu sauce or something like that. Absolutely delicious. Kelly with a 9.99 super chat. Thank you, Kelly. Tacos for the OTS family. All on me, JD. I'll have two number nines, a number nine large, a number six with extra asada, a number seven, two number 45s, one with cheese, and a large ice cold mango seltzer. LOL. Love the new view, JD. Rock on. Kelly, I, uh, I. I don't know how Thunder Rose is going to handle all that. We need uh, we need two number forty five. What is what is the number forty five? I, I don't even know. She has forty five things on the menu. I thought she kept it simple. Mango seltzer sounds delicious, though. I love mango. Justin Striplin with a nine ninety nine super chat. Simone Johnson made her NXT debut at a house show yesterday, I believe. She cut a promo talking trash to Cora Jade. What are the chances we may see her on TV Tuesday during the NXT women's title match? I don't care. She blocked me for no apparent reason. I couldn't give a single fuck about Simone Johnson. Or Ava Rain. What does she call what, what did she call herself the final girl? Another injury prone broad who is uh Gonna ride the ride the coattails of her father, man. Who gives a shit? We got enough of that with Charlotte Flair. I can't wait for Simone Johnson to be fucking strapped with a rocket if she wins 20 world titles, man. Oh great. KJ with a five-dollar super chat. Do you think Riddle will uh, ever get a championship? I fucking hope so. I certainly hope so. He wrestles like one. He wrestles like a world champion. Kelly with a 199 Super Chat. Cheers, JD and OTS family. Thank you, Kelly. Envied with a 199 Super Chat. Man, do I miss Sasha Banks, he says. So do I. Don't worry, Envied. You'll see Sasha in all elite wrestling. Richard with a $5 super chat. When you make your old fashions, do you smoke your glass? No, I don't dr- I don't drink anything smoked. Smoky and JD doesn't go together. Also, the only reason to use Dolph Ziggler is because he sells the moves. Amazing. Joey Clemenza with an eight-month membership. What's up, JD? Real question. Does Dominic even get a shot at NXT or any mid-indie if it weren't for his dad? Keep doing what you're doing, man. OTS Familia. Um, I think so. He may actually be better off than what we see of him now, Joey. I honestly think working the WWE way at an early age, man, I don't think uh, I don't think it did Dominic any good. K 
Captain Solo. What was your favorite version of Lex Luger from WCW or WWF? I preferred the Narcissist. Always a pleasure listening to you. OTS for life, brother. Captain Solo, I'm going to agree, man. I thought the Narcissist was great. He played that role so fucking well, man. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. Thunder's taco is edible. I would say so, Tony Brown. She's making them right now at the at the taco truck. Edmund Van Buren with a 499 super chat. Over the weekend, I seen Brody King Power Boom Darby. Do you see a new fuse on the way? A new fuse? I think you meant a new feud, Edmund. Possibly. Possibly. Darby versus anybody, man, is always a good match. And Brody King is awesome. Guys, we just hit 1,000 likes. Thank you guys very much for the 1,000 likes. You guys are fucking awesome. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for the four new memberships as well tonight. You guys are great. 2,400 plus tonight in the OTS venue for what was a uh, miserable Monday Night Raw. Hopefully I entertained you tonight in some way. And we're about to get out of here, man. About to hop on some Destiny and uh, do what I got to do over there. Uh, Jesse, listen, I'm going to need you to mop the floors, bro. Something, something is sticky. I think Tony Brown uh, got a little too excited, bro. All right, I'll see you on Wednesday. Don't give me no lip, geek. You're not getting a taco truck. This fucking guy, man. This guy don't fucking quit. Jimmy Fingers 19 with a 219 super chat. JD, do you have a Denise sound effect? Listen, Jimmy Fingers, I am not going to make fun of the adorable and absolutely beautiful Denise Salcedo. I'm not going to do it, bro. She's such a pleasure to listen to, man. Why would I make fun of her? We love Denise over here. Denise is great. I'm sorry, Jimmy Fingers. I may have to refund you, bro. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm getting out of here. I'll be back tomorrow night. We'll, uh, we'll be here for NXT, man. We'll be here for NXT. Beer Garden rocking and rolling. Why am I covering NXT? I don't know. I don't know why, babe. Why am I, why am I torturing myself? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm bored. NXT tomorrow night, man. Uh, go check out uh, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code JD at... Uh, again, JD. It's code script. Manscaped.com. Code script 20. God, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Just go get your fucking Manscaped, please. And go check out uh, last night's podcast, man. It was awesome. Anyway, 
I'm getting out of here. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for NXT. We'll be back in the beer garden, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis for my VIPs, and I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for NXT, man. We got uh, a title match and a lot of nothing else on tomorrow night's show. I'll see you guys later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.